All right, what's up? What's the matter with me? Let's get this thing on the road. Let's get it started happening. And um, a lot of people gather around their Victrola, gather around the family stereo and listen to the What's the Matter with Me podcast. Half hour of pure power. My name is John, right? You know that. You know that. I know that. It's an easy one. My name is John. I'm 43 years old, husband, father, small business owner, radio DJ, podcaster. And I have multiple sclerosis, trigeminal neuralgia. So I made this podcast to share what I'm going through. You are tuned into the What's the Matter with Me podcast. That's some weird. It's kind of a smorgasbord episode, blender kind of episode. Just a blender. Put it in the blender. It's a smorgasbord. Do you ever go to Jamba Juice? My initial thought was that. I went there in the 90s and I don't go there anymore. Kind of like Noah's Bagels. When I went there in the night, I would go there with my high school girlfriend. Jamba Juice and Noah's Bagels were right next to each other down the block from Tower Records. I feel like Jamba Juice belongs to the 90s the way Orange Julius belongs to the 80s. But in fact, I thought about it some more and my wife was like, you go there all the time. And I was like, my wife is probably right. But it's true. It's like El Pollo Loco. You can trust it. You can count on it. If you don't trust anything, Jamba Juice will feed you. I get the peanut butter smoothie because it has a lot of calories. But if you're looking to not eat a lot of calories... Maybe you shouldn't have a smoothie. I don't I don't know. Jamba Juice was originally called Juice Club. And it began in San Luis Obispo in 1990. And it was renamed from Juice Club to Jamba Juice in 1995. The original founder, Kirk Perrone, he swapped out Juice Club for Jamba Juice. I looked it up on the Jamba Juice website and they were like, it's a play on the African word Jama, which means to celebrate. And that made me immediately think of Kari Jama. There was a Caribbean music and culture and food festival in Oakland in Mosswood Park. But I remember it, it had a rough rough end because it started in 1986 with the park director and some uh, volunteers they put this thing together but every year 2001 2002 2003 2004 at that time every year it ended in violence and there would be like they always said like they weren't festival goers but like People would descend packs of teenagers downtown violence. 
And eventually, so in 2005, I don't think they had it. Now they have a carnival that's kind of folded in. Like in the carnival, they have a Karijama meadow. So there's like a Karijama stage. Anyway, Mosswood Park was down the hill from my house in Oakland. And I could hear this music pumping out every year. I mean, we'd be like, we got to go to the park. And it was cool. It's terrible that at that time in Oakland, things were hyphy and wild. It was nuts. So they have a back as part of Carnival. But Kari Jama, I remember that. Here in San Leandro, they have a fish fry called Sens. It, it has started in Emeryville. Marshall Lynch is involved in the ownership. It's a fried fish place on San Le- in San Leandro on 14th Street. Sens. And it's like, it's like as if you, someone was named Descends, like goes down. I mean, you just call them Sens, though. I, I don't know where it's like scenes with a D instead of the second E. That's S-C. Man, I'm forgetting. I'm not spelling this anymore. But I've been going there. It's Lens, and on Friday, I've been getting the 10-piece fried white fish with coleslaw and fried shrimp and french fries with macaroni and cheese, and the kids love it. We have it here at home. We bring it to go. So Sense is pretty dope for Lent. Last weekend, I went to Stax Records in Hayward, and that's a record shop where, you know, KFJC is looking to do a penny pitch. That's a thing where they have a big bucket. You put your change in the bucket. It's called the penny pitch. And so everyone comes out. There's DJs and and so the there we broadcast live from the penny pitch. So I was talking, looking for a location for the penny pitch, but also for a record swap. And so I was talking to the guy who owns this shop. Cool dude, cool shop. It's all used records in Hayward on B Street. Stacks records. I bought a couple of records. One of the ones I got was interesting. And relevant to this podcast, it's um, Masahiko Togashi with Don Cherry and Charlie Hayden. The record is called Session in Paris, Volume 1, Song of Soil. And it's available on Bandcamp, I think, but it was there used, and I was like, I'll get that. Because the guy, Masahiko Togashi, is in a wheelchair. And so he's pictured on the cover in his chair. And Don Cherry and Charlie Hayden are standing next to him. And I was like, this is something I haven't seen. And he had a spinal injury in 1970. And so he, he played with a lot of people when they would come to Japan and he would like Ornette Coleman, free jazz scene. And obviously Don Cherry, Charlie Hayden. Charlie Hayden played bass with Ornette Coleman. And maybe that was when these people would come to play jazz in the 70s and in um, 
in Japan, he would be there. And he also, he was a drummer. So he had a spinal injury. The record's from 1979, Session in Paris, Volume 1, Song of Soil, Togashi, Cherry, Hayden. But in 1970, Togashi had a spinal injury and he had a custom drum set adapted for him. This is like very Japanese. Japan is like an engineering culture. Like Germany is also one. And Switzerland. They're like all about perfect engineering. So this guy is a drummer. He had a spinal injury. He lost the use of his legs. And he had a custom drum set adapted so he could play the drums using only his hands. And that's what he's playing on this record. So I was like, you know, when I saw this guy in the chair on the record and like, I'm into Don Don Cherry is no slouch. Charlie Hayden, no slouch. So I'm like, this is really cool thing. I snapped it up right away. Masahiko Togashi. So Stax Records is cool. It was cool to see a person in a wheelchair. Like they don't have a ton of record. It's not the hugest shop. It's kind of a small shop. So to have this record, it was, I went through all the jazz records, you know, and all the blues records while I was there. And some other ones too, even. It's a cool shop. That's kind of like a a 45 scene. Um, They were talking about rookies. A 45 record store on Hate Street at Fillmore. They were talking about 45s, old 45s, oldies, old whatever. A kind of hip-hop lens on the whole thing. Togashi had the wheelchair. I use a walking stick. It's actually called a trekking pole. Some people are like, where's your cane? And we call it a cane too. I call it, where's my stick? That's usually what I call it, a walking stick. A trekking pole. I like that trekking pole. That's like an intrepid. That makes it seem like I'm into something huge, which obviously I I am. So I got a new walking stick made of carbon fiber. It's the same company as the last one that I basically wore into the ground and is now being held together by rubber bands. And my wife has been begging me to get a new one for like a year. So the old one was aluminum. The new one is carbon fiber. And it's like... The difference between aluminum and carbon fiber trekking pole is like a twig and some blades of grass. So it's like they're both very light. But they are kind of kind of different. Interesting um subscriber subscriber only newsletter that the Times sent me. Frank Bruni is on leave this month and so he's not writing his newsletter and he had a guest writer Stephen Overly I had decades to make peace with my sexuality my disability is a different story 
And basically, this person has a disorder where he can't, couldn't hear anything. Sudden hearing loss and ringing in his ears. I simply had gone to sleep with my hearing intact and come morning, it was gone. My life since that day has been difficult to describe. Though the words I return to most often are disorienting and humbling. I spent months shuffling from one medical treatment to the next for a battery of tests and treatments. I eventually started wearing hearing aids and learning American Sign Language. And perhaps most challenging of all, I confronted a new identity, disabled, that often leaves me feeling vulnerable. That's true, like acquired disability, something when one day you're normal or you think you're normal and the next day your identity has, your ability has changed and with it your identity. And so you're trying to like get get control of who you are to make this new identity of being disabled, but you also have to mourn and you have to appropriately mourn the loss of the self that you had. And that's really challenging and that's what it is with acquired disability. So Frank Bruni has impaired vision after his stroke And so he's acquired a disability as well. So I was kind of thinking about this. What does it mean? And one of the the things I return to with changing ability is something that we all deal with because we're all going to live a life and die and it's an arc, you know? And so how to make the best of that arc Acquiring a disability, there's no time to mourn and also generate yourself, but you have to. That's what people who are dealing with newly acquired disability are doing. So Frank Rooney has written The Beauty of Dusk. The review by Min Jean Lee was February 28th of last year. Eyesight compromise could go blind. In The Beauty of Dusk, Frank Bruni grapples with the effects of a stroke and finds solace and wisdom in talking to people who have suffered similar losses. The Beauty of Dusk on Vision Lost and Found by Frank Bruni the re- it's kind of interesting what they go over. The review ends. You ask, why announce your troubles? Doesn't everyone have something? Well, yes. Tell us anyway. I think Bruni would reply. Maybe if we knew, we might slow down and fumble toward each other. Perhaps. Then I could say that you're not alone and I'm rooting for you because I am. So the book is The Beauty of Dusk on Vision Lost and Found by Frank Bruni, published by Avid Reader Press, Simon & Schuster, March 1st 
of last year. I asked OpenAI, you know, that's all in the paper these days. They're all talking about AI. I asked OpenAI to summarize my podcast, and things aren't perfect with any of these AI things because it said that this poet, John Lee Clark, hosted it. And he doesn't. I am the host of this podcast, the What's the Matter with Me podcast. But it's actually cool that it came up with that. John Lee Clark, at John Lee Clark, Deaf, Blind, Protactile, National Magazine Award, Where I Stand, Hand Type 2014, How to Communicate, Poems, Norton 2022, Touch the Future, Norton 2023. He's a poet from St. Paul, Minnesota. It's cool. And, you know, it's always like this. Uh, I clicked on his thing. He's followed by Alice Wong. So I got to know more about this poet, deafblind poet, pro-tactile, John Lee Clark, J-O-H-N-L-E-E-C-L-A-R-K.com. Then I found out on his page, he's got a pinned uh, R.I.P. Judy Human tweet, and I didn't know that. He retweeted Sarah Novick. On March 4th, gutted to hear of the passing of Judy Human. It is not an exaggeration to say I would not be here without her work. Thank you, thank you. May her memory be a blessing. Times Obit from March 5th by Alex Traub. Judy Human, who led the fight for disability rights, dies at 75. She successfully battled to become a teacher and went on to help bring out about a revolution in the government's treatment of the disabled. You might know her from Crip Camp. She passed away March 4th. Judy Human, who spent decades attacking a political establishment indifferent to the rights of disabled people, and won one fight after another, ultimately joining and reforming the very establishment she once invaded against, died on Sunday in Washington, D.C. She was 75. An announcement on her personal website did not specify the cause. Quadriplegic since childhood, Miss Human began her career in activism, waging a one-woman battle to be allowed to work as a teacher in New York City when discrimination against disabled people was not widely understood as a problem. She went on to become an official in the Clinton administration, special advisor in the Obama State Department, and a fellow or board member at some of the nation's leading nonprofits. She was also featured in the Oscar-nominated 2020 documentary Crip Camp. So I know we've been over Crip Camp, and I want to 
encourage you guys check it out crypt camp this is like a civil rights thing this person is a big deal judy human it's a big loss for the disabled community so i followed that I follow that poet, John Lee Clark. I'm going to know more about that. Also on Twitter, I had some jean drama. Carhartt. I always wear these Carhartt black jeans. Yesterday, I tweeted that Carhartt discontinued their black jeans. And Tan from Queer Eye said that every man should have a pair of black jeans. And I never worn them. I never bought black jeans. I would always go blue. Always. And I always wanted the ones that were like unwashed dark blue denim. But I never went black. I don't know why. So Tan was like every man should have a pair of black jeans. And I was at the hardware store. You know that some of your best apparel shopping is taking place at the hardware store. I saw they have these black jeans. I picked them up and they became my favorite and I wore a hole through them or I'm just about to wear a hole through them. So I ordered the replacements on eBay because they discontinued black denim. But I got to say, man, every tan is right. Every man should have a pair of black jeans. I really enjoyed them. Since I got my teeth back, I'm having to learn to use them, use them again, because I, you know, for a long time, I like couldn't bite things with my teeth because my teeth didn't touch. And now they do. I couldn't take a proper bite of anything for a long time. And I've had no teeth at all for a year and a half. And so I'm having to learn to use my teeth to like pull things into my mouth with my teeth and not my lips. Because when I had no teeth, I had to like chimpanzee it and put the food in my lips and use my lips to like move the food into my mouth because I don't have any teeth chimpanzeeing it that's what i call it shout outs to claude hopper congratulations on being awarded the saturday morning 6 to 9 a.m on kfjc that's the cell 9000 spot gotta give a shout out to claude hopper he listens to what's the matter with me podcast So he'll be on Saturday morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Pacific time on 89.7 FM KFJC.org. So I got to put in my request now. He just got announced last night, but I want to say I request Tapperzuki. Tapperzuki. Tapperzuki was the leader of the Zookies. Tapperzuki. Pretty dope. I ordered cheese because my buddy Matt recommended it, the Zingerman's cheese sale, and I made meatloaf and polenta, and the polenta had a lot of grated cheese in it, and it was super good. 
and the meatloaf, I took out all the finicky stuff, so I was almost able to make it by myself, but my wife helped a lot, and it, it was, it came out great. Speaking about going to Japan, I know I was talking about that last night, in a, or last time, last episode. In a couple of weeks, my family is going to Japan. I'm not going. And it's kind of because I don't really know how I'm going to take care of myself. I was talking to the doctor at the Stanford Neurosciences Institute. She was like, why aren't you going? And I was like, well, it's not. It's about uh, me, me, I, and they. And because in Japan, you don't say I am hot. Like, it's not, it's not about you. you literally... What you say translates to heat. There is. That's what you're saying. That's how you tell people I'm hot. And it's a group culture. So you don't have to say I am hot. You just say there is heat. And I feel like I need to figure out for myself how to exist as a disabled person in Japan Rather than saying I'm a disabled person and they will accommodate me. In Japan, there is no I am. There is just what there is. So I have to figure out a way, a path for myself. And I know Japan is accessible. Like public spaces in Japan are accessible. But how I'm going to visit my family and go in their private spaces where it's like a shoes off thing. I want to have my kids experience Japan, everything, including like climbing mountains and drinking water from these communal pots in Japan. The way that they do it is like Japan. So... I want to I want to go there but I also want my kids to have the experience and I, I kind of missed out on this time but it's not going to be all she wrote Something that is all she wrote. The insurance has already figured out who's at fault. It's all done. But yesterday I got rear-ended and it wasn't my fault and the insurance pretty much agrees. The guy in front of me slowed down and turned right without signaling. And so I slowed down and then this guy rear-ended me. He was a 20-year-old driving his parents' BMW with his girlfriend in the car. And he just messed up his parents' Beamer. Messed it up. And, and pretty much blew up my bumper into three pieces. But it's all good. It's all going to be fixed. And everything's fine. But it was scary. Because, you know, yeah, I got in an accident. It was all boom. That, But that's not what I mean. I'm always afraid when I get into a car accident. That somehow it's going to be like the first step in this thing that ends and I get my driver's license taken away because I'm disabled they're like you are not fit to drive but but in my defense I thought back to the experience I had in the Hayward DMV where the same thing is was happening when I go to the DMV 
I'm afraid they're going to be like, get out of here. You don't belong here. You can't drive. Give us your driver's license and your independence and we'll shred it up right in front of your face. But actually, this guy was like, no, you can totally drive. You should drive. And then he was like, and you should work here. So I remembered that positive experience and I told myself that I was allowed to be here and it got me through. The kid was 20. He got out of the car. He started cussing and yelling, not at me, not at me, but it was freaky. You know, I'm like, is this guy going to start fighting me or like, you know, or saying that this is all my fault? And will a police officer pull up and say, actually, it is his fault. He shouldn't be driving. And then they'll like put me in jail and shred my independence and my driver's license right in front of my face. Anyway, it's scary. But that DMV was good. That kid just came out of nowhere and rammed into me. And the same thing happened to the drummer of Def Leppard in Florida. Seriously. Rick Allen, you know this guy? He's got one arm. He's the Def Leppard drummer. Def Leppard drummer Rick Allen was assaulted outside a Fort Lauderdale hotel. News 7 Miami reports Allen, who was staying in the hotel while Def Leppard performed with Motley Crue at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino on Sunday, was outside in the valet area when he was knocked to the ground by Ohio resident Max Edward Hartley, 19 who had been hiding behind a pillar and ran full speed at him, according to a police report. Allen hit his head on the ground, causing injury. The report continues. According to the report, Hartley also attacked a woman who came out of the hotel to help Allen. While she is on the ground, the defendant continues to batter her by striking her. She attempts to escape by running into the hotel. The defendant then grabs her by the hair and drags her out of the lobby and back onto the sidewalk before fleeing the area. Hartley was arrested at another nearby hotel where he was reportedly found breaking car windows. He was charged with two counts of battery, four counts of criminal mischief, and abusing an elderly or disabled adult, he's since been bailed out of Broward County Jail. Filed under Assault, Attack, Def Leppard, Rick Allen, Category, Heavy Metal News. That's some heavy metal disability news. So that, that kid was 19 who, put, who pushed that Def Leppard drummer over with that 20-year-old in the Beamer. Thankfully, that 19-year-old wasn't driving a Beamer. How many, how many times can I say Beamer before this podcast is over? Hey, check this out. The people who subscribe to the What's the Matter With Me podcast get a very fancy, nice email version of the podcast every time a new episode comes out. It's very handsome. Just go to whatsthematterwithme.org 
and be sure to like subscribe right at the top of the page just give your name and your email to all we need to get going and then you always get the selfie or to the wise always get the selfie thanks for tuning in to the what's the matter with me podcast past episodes can be found at what's the matter with me.org or apple podcasts or anywhere you get podcasts just find it there thanks for tuning in watch out for crazy young people on the loose